Psalm 23 is where we're going to be, by the way. Familiar psalm. But uh, I, I do want to say, and I was going to say this anyways, um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's good for our kids to be here with us sometimes and, uh, and, and to worship and to sing, um, but it's also good for them to see the reality that, um, that life is brief and that there is a hope, but there is a hope that exists for us. And so um, those of you that don't have kids, just ask you to be a little more patient with the, the moms and dads with the kids. Uh, I'll try to be brief just by the nature of this morning. I, I don't have a lot prepared or planned, so we'll just kind of let, let the Word and the, and the Spirit kind of guide us. Um, but Psalm 23 is where we're going to be at this morning. Um, a familiar psalm for many of us, a psalm of, of comfort. And um, I think just as we consider, thank you very much, as we consider just um, what we just sang about and what we're, we're, we're going through this morning is what's interesting is Psalm 23, a psalm of comfort comes right after Psalm 22. Right? And, and we know the psalms are a collection of, of songs and, and poems and, and those sorts of things, so it's not necessarily chronological um, but Psalm 22, if you go and read through it, you, you might recognize a lot of the words in this because it's Jesus quoted Psalm 23 from the cross. Um, many of the things that Jesus said or his experiences on the cross are, are actually foretold or foreshadowed in Psalm 22. And so then you get to Psalm 23, the Psalm of comfort. And it's almost this idea that, that any source of comfort or hope that we have is on the other side of the cross. Were it, were it not for the cross, were it not for Jesus, were it not for the crucifixion, were it not for His resurrection, we, we have no hope. But, but because of that, um, because of the things we read about or we hear foretold in Psalm 22, we have comfort and hope in Psalm 23. And so um, I'm just going to read, read through it kind of verse by verse, pull out a few things that uh, I hope... Comfort us. Maybe this is just more for my own soul this morning. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, so this is a psalm written by David. And this is a... Uh, David was a shepherd. Many of you know the story of, of David. He was a shepherd before he became the king. Uh, and see, know, he knows what it means to be a shepherd. So the words that he chooses are significant. It's not just some random illustration. He knows what it means to shepherd a flock. Um, and, and what he's saying here is that the Lord is, is a shepherd to us. He's, he stoops low. Right? A, a shepherd in, in this time was not necessarily a, a, a highly viewed uh, profession. Uh, shepherds were not... Highly thought of. Um, there were times when their testimonies were not even allowed in, in courts because they were so frowned upon. And, and the, the idea that, that David would call the Lord our shepherd is just this idea that, that the Lord comes down to meet us where we are. Um, to care for us. He is not a far off, distant, removed God. He is a Lord that, that condescends and draws near to his people. So, so this morning, um, as we kind of navigate 
all these things. Um, the God we just worshipped and sang about, He's not a God who's far off, kind of watching us from a distance, but He's near to us in, in our pain, in our suffering, in our questions, in our doubts, in our uncertainties. Um, he's here and He's present. He's present with us in this room. He's present with, with Jacob's family uh, and friends. He, he is a, a Lord who is near and cares for his sheep. And verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And I, as I kind of made some notes on that last night and this morning, I just thought um, this idea of green pastures is the idea of abundance. Right, the Lord, as, as, he, as He's near to us and as He leads us, He, he leads us to, towards abundance. And immediately my mind went to John 10, where, where Jesus refers to Himself as the Good Shepherd. So here we're in Psalm, we're in the Old Testament, but you fast forward to, to John's Gospel, John 10, and, and Jesus refers to Himself as the Good Shepherd. Uh, and it's in that context that He says that, that He came... Um, the, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but the good shepherd comes to lay down his life for a sheep, but also so that we may have life abundant. Right, this idea of, of green pastures. The Lord does not lead his sheep into, into barrenness, into desert lands. The Lord leads his sheep into abundance. Um, th th this is the, the promise for those of us that have trusted in the shepherd, right? that he will lead us to abundance. Um, he will lead us to, to green pastures right? where we can, we can lie down there. Um, that doesn't mean we always experience that on this side of eternity. Life is hard. We're learning that right now. But the promise for those that have trusted in the Good Shepherd, for those that are in Christ, have trusted in Christ, the promise is that He will make us to lie down in green pastures. We may experience life abundantly on this side of eternity, maybe not, but we will certainly experience it on the other side. And that's our hope this morning, right? That, that, that there's a, a green pasture, there's abundance waiting for us, no matter what life on this side of eternity, throws at us. And I'm reminded of, again, of, of David's word in another psalm, Psalm 16, where it says that in God's presence is the fullness of joy. Um, I, I can't help but think that, that Jacob is experiencing that in ways that we can't even fathom or wrap our minds around right now. Right? No, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, but, but we know there's there's fullness of joy. All right, think of, of, of the most joyous moment in your life to this point, and it pales in comparison to being in presence, in the presence of the Lord. Right, in His presence, there's fullness of joy. There's abundant life. There's, there's green pastures. And it says also in, in Psalm 16, not only is there fullness of joy, but there is uh, pleasures forevermore. Not fleeting pleasures, not temporary pleasures, but pleasures forevermore, for all eternity. That's what awaits those who...
who have trusted in the good shepherd. That's what Jacob gets to experience. And that's what all of us who trust in the good shepherd will one day get to experience. So moving on, look to, to verse 3. It says, the, the good shepherd, it says, he, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I'm just briefly, man, it, what comfort there is to know that it's the Lord who restores our souls. That he doesn't, I mean, we're, we're sheep. He is the shepherd. And he does not leave the sheep to kind of fend for ourselves or figure it out for ourselves. He says that he restores our souls. It's the good shepherd who stooped down to save the sheep. To save us from the penalty of sin. It's the good shepherd who, who stooped down and, and in in the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, he, not only does He save us from the penalty of our sin, but he, he sanctifies us in our brokenness. He comforts us, comforts our souls in mourning and grieving. This is, this is what the Good Shepherd does. He restores our souls. And then maybe the hinge verse, verse 4, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, this verse in particular, I, I leaned pretty heavily on um, Charles Spurgeon. If you don't know who that is, he was a preacher back from the, the 1800s. Just eloquent, gifted, godly preacher, world-renowned um, and so he, he kind of broke down some specific words just in this one verse that are just gold. Uh, the first thing he points out is, is that David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right, walk. There's no panic. There's no, um, there's no rush. There's no hurried spirit. There's no restlessness to walk. Into the valley of the shadow of death is, is to walk with a quiet confidence that the shepherd is with us. Even in the face of death. So as sheep who, who trust in the shepherd, we can walk in the valley of the shadow. We, we, don't, we don't have to panic. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear because the shepherd is with us. This is exact. Spurgeon writes this, he says, To walk indicates the steady advance of a soul which knows its road, knows its end, resolves to follow the path, and feels quite safe, and is therefore perfectly calm and composed. The dying saint is not in a flurry. He does not run as though he were alarmed, nor stand still as though he would go no further. He is not confounded nor ashamed, and therefore he keeps to his old pace. I love that. We have to walk. And then the next thing he says, that we, don't, he said, we, we don't walk in the valley of the shadow of death, but we walk through it. That means it's temporary. And when you walk into something, you're there to stay. When you walk through something, you're just passing through. So here's what Spurgeon writes about that. 
He says, we go through the dark tunnel of death and emerge into the light of immortality. We do not die. We do but sleep to wake in glory. And I love this. It says, death is not the house, but the porch. It is not the goal, but it's the passage to it. So we, we walk, and we don't walk into, we walk through. But then the next thing he points out is we walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow is not the real thing. Right, the shadow is a, uh, it is just a, um, right here, I put it as Spurgeon says, the, the shadow is, it says, death in its substance has been removed. Death has been defeated by the good shepherd. And so we walk not into death, we walk into the valley of the shadow of death. Right? Only a shadow remains. No penalty remains. Death does not remain. It is a, a temporary passing through into what awaits us on the other side. So because of that, there's, as a sheep walking with the shepherd, who has said, whose, whose rod and staff comfort us, protect us, we need not be afraid of the valley of the shadow of death. Right? We walk calmly, confidently through it, knowing that, that it's, only, it's only a shadow of the real thing because of what Christ has done. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The, the point behind this verse is just, just peace. Right? Normally when you're in the presence of your enemies, again, there's panic. There's fear. There's alarm. Right? In the, the, the language, uh, some of the things I was reading last night was this idea of, if, if a soldier is, is eating in the presence of enemies, he's probably, he's probably in, a, in a rush. But not so with sheep and their shepherd. The, the sheep with the shepherd says he, he prepares a table. Right? Just lays out a feast, a, a banquet, a well-prepared meal. Because in, in the presence of the shepherd who, who comforts and protects and defends there's no need to fear. There's no need to panic. There's no need for alarm. Because when you're walking with the shepherd, there is nothing that the enemy can do to you. So we, we join at the table, right, in, in confidence and in peace. And then verse 6, he ends with this, says, Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So these are the promises, right? Goodness and mercy that follow all the days of your life. All right, this is the promise for all who trust in the shepherd. 
Right? Again, it doesn't mean that there won't be pain. Obviously, giving today doesn't mean there won't be difficulties. doesn't mean there won't be suffering. But to know that we are met with, with goodness, that even when we can't see what God is doing, that, that He is good. To know that we're met with mercy that is new every morning. All right, for those who trust the shepherd, every morning that you wake up, new mercy is laid before you all the days of your life. And then beyond this life, it says we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, we, have, we have the promise, the guarantee of dwelling with the Lord forever. That's our hope this morning. That we who trust in the shepherd get to dwell in his house forever. Where there are pleasures forevermore. And the fullness of joy. That's the comfort we cling to this morning. That's the hope we cling to this morning. And so just before we close, John 10. These are Jesus' words. Uh, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If there was ever a time when we needed to hear that, it's this morning. So if you're here, maybe there's never been a moment where you've, you've trusted in Jesus, the good shepherd. You're not, to use the same language, you're not part of his flock and I, I would just implore you and beg you to come to the Good Shepherd. Apart from Him, there's no hope. I was talking in the hallway before we started this morning. I, I don't know how people walk through this stuff with, with no hope. I don't know how they do it. But for those who trust in the Good Shepherd, who laid down His life, died on the cross for sins He did not commit, for my sin and for your sin. And who rose three days later from the grave so that we might have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. Right? That's what the Good Shepherd has done for us. And it's the Good Shepherd that is inviting you if you've never trusted in Him. He's inviting you to that this morning. And I, I, don't, like, I don't like trying to over-emotionalize moments and that sort of thing. But, but if anything, this morning just... Reminds us that, that life is short. There is no guarantee for tomorrow. There's no guarantee for tomorrow. Whether, whether tragedy hits, whether the unexpected hits, or whether the Lord comes back in return. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next hour holds. As much as we like to think that we have control, it's moments like these where we realize we have None. None. So I would just beg you, if you've never come to the Good Shepherd, you've never trusted in Him, come to Him this morning. Come to Him this morning. All right, let me pray for us. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. The band is going to lead us in just a song of response. If you need to respond or, or just a song as a reminder for many of us that Jesus...
has paid it all. He's paid the full price for our sin, for your sin, for my sin, so that we might experience fullness of joy, that we might experience pleasures forevermore, that we might experience all these comfort and promises that we just read about. They're all available to us in Christ. And so if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, I hope you're encouraged and comforted by these reminders. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, this is a song of response for you. A song of response for you to to come and trust in the Good Shepherd who laid down His life for you. All right, so let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning. Um under difficult circumstances and then we just come to Lord just to to, to be reminded that you comfort uh, to be reminded that you care for us to be reminded that above, above all else you give us a hope for eternity you give us the hope of the forgiveness of our sins that separate us from you Because Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for his sheep. So for those here this morning that, um, Lord, that that have trusted in you, I I pray that they would just be reminded this morning that you've paid it all, that you were good, that you were kind, that you were gracious, that you were merciful. Father, maybe there's some here this morning that that have never trusted. They're, they're, They're putting it off or waiting for some certain event or moment or situation in their life. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they put that off no longer, but that they would place their trust in you. So Father, I pray that as we sing these words, that you would work, that you would comfort, or that you would convict whatever your spirit sees fit to do. So Lord, we pray, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.